Today is the 18th of May 2012 and it is our 20th Ellie and Oliver show. Wow. The 20th anniversary. Oh no. <laughs> I'm sorry. 20 week anniversary. Um, and it's, we're, we're sort of back to a fam- more familiar format this week where rather than collaboratively choosing the themes, uh, I've chosen the theme for this week. And it's it's a theme that I've been considering for a while. And I'm just going to go straight into... I'm going to tell you the theme without doing a build-up, actually. This week's okay. theme is just influences. Uh, and so what I thought we could do is first I'd explain how this theme came into my mind. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just look at a way that we can sort of debate the topic a little bit. I think that seems like a nice way to do it. Brilliant. Um, so... I don't know if I've spoken, I might have spoken about it a little bit before on the radio, but for the last couple of weeks, I've been doing a lecture series on the internet and then doing the notes as well afterwards called the Masters. Oh, no. Not giving the lectures. Sorry. No, I've been listening to them. (laughs) And they're called The Self Under Siege, and they're from a series of lectures in 1993 by Rick Roderick. Oh, yeah. And the first uh, lecture that he gives is called The Masters of Suspicion, which is a title that he takes from a term by Paul Ricoeur, who's describing Freud, Nietzsche, and what's that other guy called? Marx. Oh, Marx. Not bloody Marx. Interesting. Anyway, so yeah, he talks about these three people, the Masters of Suspicion, um, who through their kind of such, offering such strong critiques of things that for such a long time we held to be true or help us determine ourselves, now we're in a situation, or in 93 when Rick Roderick was talking, we've, we, the, the, the dialogue of the 20th century was about how to, again, find meaning for the self. Um, so No, 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 I wasn't actually putting my hand up. I was just oh, trying sorry. to get my head around the concept. So you're talking about the three major influences on the 20th century as being Marx, Freud, and Nietzsche. And I think we could also say Darwin contributes to this, but he's yeah. just not spoken about, uh, like, he's not included in Paul Ricoeur's actual term, The Masters of Suspicion, but I think that Rick Roderick, and I would say also Darwin, should be included in S- that. Somebody who I, sorry, I just, to interrupt you, I was no, reading, because it it's really interesting, because when he said the, ter- the, the theme influences, I was in my studio yesterday and I was looking up at this book that I read when I started my MFA, which I'm not ashamed to say, is an introducing critical theory no, book. No, that's good. Comic book. Gotta be honest. But it's really, really, really useful. But I thought back to that because I remember it, the way it sets up like describing what critical theory is, especially mm. contemporary critical theory, is looking at the two key influences on the 20th century and it names them as being Marx and Freud but then I was reading another thing yesterday and they threw Martin Heidegger into the mix well, it was Heide- Mar- Marx, Freud and Heidegger I think Heidegger does um, but Heidegger's post those guys right or is yeah. he around because what time's Freud finish operating in oh well it's I'm I've, not ri- sure I've written project. down I've written down their uh, birthdays and deaths. Oh, let's, let's look. I'd like to know. Well, Marx was born in 1818 and okay. died in 1883. Mm-hmm. And Capital was published in like 19- 1867, I think. 
so quite towards the end of his death. And Freud was born in 1856 and died in 1939. Oh, so that's quite good because he died just before the war. So we know that Heidegger was definitely going after Freud. Heidegger, I reckon, was sort of... Like, if you look at the gap between Marx and Freud, I reckon there'd be a similar gap between Freud and Heidegger. Yeah, I'd like to know when Being in Time was published. I've got a feeling it was definitely before 1939 because it was before he became associated with all that naughty stuff that we've mentioned. I think so. But anyway, one of the effects of these powerful critiques, like psychoanalysis, capitalism, and like this will to power, is that it estranged the self from understanding itself through religion as one. And and so, in a way, I think what Rick Roderick is suggesting in these lectures is that over the 20th century we became, you know, we had to find a new way to find meaning for the self, but we also became continuously suspicious that any time we think that we've got a self, mm-hmm. it could actually be uh, just kind of influenced by other factors or such as vested interest, uh, uh, socially motivated factors that aren't actually coming for us. We're actually acting... Uh, through other people's agency, I guess, is what he's trying to suggest. Um, but the, so, I, so that is very much on my mind, how other people and how other people's ideas and wishes affect the way that we might act in the world and whether we have to learn how to go with those actions or whether we have to learn to switch them off and go with our own actions. And And this also comes out because I've been in a couple of situations this week where I've given advice to other friends about how they should deal with how other people's behaviour is affecting their mood. And I think that like one of the things that I've been suggesting is sort of like a certain type of stoicism where you learn not to be affected. But I think it's also important to look at like key examples of stoicism like Seneca or Zen Buddhism, which are actually born out of times of real strife in a community where actually getting affected could lead to something a lot more problematic, like getting killed, being forced to die for your beliefs something like that and that's not an everyday reality so i think that we have to be a a, a little bit looser and i suppose what i wanted to discuss was actually whether if other people's behavior is affecting our own mood or influencing or influencing okay or influencing our mood Mm -hmm. but simultaneously as people do we also have the desire to be that person who influences other people's mood in both of those situations, like either we're the influenced or the influencer, I was wondering like, whether it's better to learn a capacity to cope, to not want to influence other people's lives and to not be influenced by other people's behaviour, or whether it's good to admit that the need to communicate, which I think is part of influence, is a part of humanity... And therefore, whether we should actually celebrate influence as a positive thing and, like, be more um, forceful with our need to influence. Mm, wow. So, so this is the question whether it's good to influence or not, I this mean, simply. And whether it's good to feel influence or not. Wow. Big questions. Okay, so I don't know whether I'm expected to just answer all of this now, but I can have a I can have a go like discussing. It. We talked a little bit about how we might try to change the form of today's show, and that it would be more like a debate where we try to reach some sort of conclusion at the end. So I don't know whether we'll um, manage that. But also, <laughs> before today's show kicked off, we had quite a large 
meeting discussion about things to do with the house um because we i have found it i know the radio show is one of the things that's meant to help me deal with this but i still find because me and you (laughs) i was gonna say me and oliver (laughs) me and oliver me and you uh oliver and i rather um have lots of different relationships on lots of different levels so we're living together but also working together increasingly more doing the radio show if you can call that work but mm. i, I guess to think of it as a pleasure well it is pleasure but it's also kind of work because our work is pleasure isn't it yeah but Definitely um this year. and then last week obviously i don't know whether you can call it holidaying together but we did sort of holiday last weekend and it was slightly hedonistic anyway all of these things it was all kind of getting a bit messy so i just wanted to have a like a a time when we could sit together and talk about the flat that wasn't actually the radio show perhaps we should have recorded it and broadcast it like a special a special edition um but a lot of it came down to well i guess me trying to think through how my belief systems or like the ethical codes by which i live my life either through choice through things that I've decided upon because I believe they're the right things to do, or through things that have been handed down to me by my parents or as a reaction to my parents, the way you can kind of construct all of these different belief systems, some of them consciously and some of them self um, subconsciously or under the influence of other people. And I was trying to... In th- This is what we were talking about in our house meeting. Yeah. But I was trying to... Um, work out how those belief systems were influencing the way that I was reacting to your behavior around the flat and just trying to try to work out what was rational and what was irrational Mm -hmm. and trying to find a way of um, being able to resolve some of those issues that wasn't necessarily me being a dictator. Yeah. Because if I am just imposing my... Um, hardcore regime or belief systems on you, then that's not a very fair way of living because I appreciate that your belief system is as valid. Or, well, actually, no, I don't. That was a little small lie. I wonder if you do believe <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I do. It's kind I of you to pretend. That. I couldn't look him in the eye when I said that. <laughs> no, but some things... Some things you do that I I like to feel like I'm offering an alternative. But often, when I see you, like you said, and this links back to your question, I think, part of my annoyance or part of my need to confront or resist is a jealousy because I find myself trapped in a routine in a really rigid belief system and like when you were drinking the milkshake when we were in Ireland, which <laughs> caused a little bit of conflict. Um, you wouldn't believe it. I had a, I didn't have that bad a hangover, but I was certainly had eat, consumed too much mm. food that weekend. And looking at you enjoying that milkshake and knowing, A, that I couldn't drink a milkshake anyway because I'm a vegan. <laughs> but mainly thinking I just couldn't because something in my head is saying that I have to curb my curb my um oh we're having a text message it's all right it's just from asta (laughs) just from asta (laughs) asta mobile um they're very big listeners of the oliver show i think they're just saying how much they're enjoying this week's theme (laughs) but i hope they're trying not trying to influence us because we have just done some product placement oh 
my god. It's perverse, Asta. That's disgusting. <gasps> Stop, Stop mentioning it. it. Please forget that. Yeah. Um, um, but what I was trying to say about the milkshake was I was kind of jealous that I was so trapped within my belief system. And I, I find myself being influenced with you. And actually, one of the things I came back from Ireland saying, and you're not going to like this, but I did mention it before, that you're a bad influence on me. See, well, it's interesting that you would say that because sometimes I think about... Right, basically, I'm a very uncertain person about existence. Like, I don't... You know, and I, I don't understand how you can be certain about lots of things. But what I do think that you can do is look at lots of other people's ways of behaving. And, I mean, this is really strange for me to say, but I think I've touched on it before. Sometimes I feel like I change, and I think everyone does, but I change my behavior specific to situations. Mm. But often what I try to, what I think I try to do, and maybe it's slightly on a subconscious level, but I'm becoming more aware of it, is that I look at what the status quo is for that person, and then I try to alter my behavior to offer an alternative to that status quo and i really i worry about what that means and i i sort of wonder whether it's something that is I, I, one i wonder if everyone does that on some level because actually that's some kind of like is that like a dialectic progress like you're just having that it's kind of like a deliberate conflict isn't it yeah but i, I wonder what i wonder whether that comes from looking at freud whether that comes from something that i was nurtured into or whether actually it's much more deep-rooted like archaic hangover left from evolution and whether like deliberate conflict is actually like some kind of element of natural selection or 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 you know like an important part of how humanity evolved or like how human evolved from hominid i don't know you know but like learning these little things because i've been reading a lot this week about the human shift from prey to predator and how that might have left over certain belief systems or certain yeah. ways of conducting ourselves. Yeah, well, I think um, it's interesting that that deliberate uh, desire to create conflict or to create an alternative, but like if you link back to what I was saying, I can't, was it last week when I was talking about poor little Juan? I think it might have been. <laughs> But like the fact that he yeah. was lying in bed was a motivating force for me to go swimming yeah. early in the morning because I was offering an alternative to his sleeping in. Yeah. And I think that I wouldn't... I think if everybody in the world was a vegan, I don't think I would be so adamantly and strongly, devoutly yeah, vegan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I believe that that would be true, actually. And not nothing, nothing against you, but I, I understand why that could be a motivating factor for choosing something to do. And also, like, I've been thinking about being um, thrifty and economising, because this links back to Marx, and I don't know how much it links to the theme of influences, but it's something I've been thinking about. That if you are very thrifty and have mm. a very, very low um, outgoings in your lifestyle, that you can only profit from that thriftiness 
if everybody else just continues spending, spending, spending. Yeah. Because it's the difference between how y the amount of money that you need to survive and the amount of money that most normal people have a car and yeah. all of these other responsibilities need to survive. It's the difference that makes what, what you're doing profitable. But if everybody lived that exact same 50 lifestyle, yeah. that we'd all be on a status quo and you wouldn't notice any difference or any benefit. But that's the, like, that's the, the conflict, right, between if you think about it a lot more deeply, a kind of a certain rationale to not share and not try and influence, but then actually for some reason it feels to me that there is this deep-seated human need to influence, even if it's not in our best individual interests. I'm wondering if it's time to play a song, actually. Probably, Just talking yeah. about that. I tell you, right, talking about um, influence... I chose this song, it's, it's very conceptually inaccurate, it's a completely different type of influence, but I was thinking, we are going out drinking tonight, so oh I thought we'd just, but also, you know, you were talking about judging yourself for maybe being too hedonistic, so I thought we'd just go for this, and it's, it's so old, but I, I really enjoy it, uh, it's Too Much Brandy by The Streets. Smell of good earth, the herbs makes my nerves shudder But where were you that cold December? Because we were in the grass supper Spending gilders Central station charged up like Scarface Amsterdam ain't a nice place Off your face, we enter the race Walk down, been there before Done that, no joy If you're bored, let's go see Roy Get fucked up with the boys Calvin, Schmalvin, I'm well within my limit Oh, hang on a minute, these mushrooms just kicked in Think I might be finished the ball game heads for the worse For what it's worth I might just fall off the edge of the earth Brain's kinda surfing now We wander down darkened pathways in the days Why? Do I talk by any cocaine Am I paranoid? Yes you're paranoid! Charlie darling please save me This is raving Take me home to my baby Two bags of mushrooms Room's mushed up and I need a cradle It's only the way my body was trying to say That you better stop drinking brandy it's only the way my body was trying to say that you better stop drinking brandy. Now, getting to the bar's gonna be trouble, so the Marlons will have to be doubles. Then you drink doubles, the same speed you drink singles. Ah, beautiful, the barman holds aloft the crystal glass, and I'm having all that's in the bubble in the bottom of the bottle. Then by three or four, your head's a bit mangled, clubs full, you mingle. You dance the fandango, you sing all your favourite jingles. Far gone on one, call me Baron Von Marlon. One has a monocle and cigar, Dicky Bow and Long John's. My utility belt tells me it's to the bar, Batman. Fat cans of that lager, then it's straight to the dance floor. For much more, fancy footwork's adored by many a more. Don't bore me with your little sidestep technique. Get to the beat, loosen up, it's the street. It's only the way my body was trying to say that you better stop drinking brandy. It's only the way my body was trying to say that you better stop drinking brandy. We eat junk food, sat drunk on the tube Every time train clunks, I feel like puking Wonder whether that beautiful bird will ring Then it all goes hazy These are the days we walking up out in back to the road Talking while shouting, actually loads more drunk By Jove, my mind's focused, balance fucked up 
Rah, 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 small back to the dark star And if it's this round, I'm quite partial to another mile under the bar Bad idea to start again late Should have given my brain a break Take it easy, mate You start to think you're a state You definitely it's are a state It's only the way my body was trying to say That you better stop drinking brandy it's only the way my body was trying to say that you better stop drinking brandy. Oh, hi, Sally. I'm back. I feel bad because I wasn't listening to the lyrics at all. We were actually talking about um, dusting. Dusting. Whatever dusting is. Like, it was just reading this, like, the article that I was reading monthly about things. And it was talking about how all of these key, like, Grand narratives, you could call them Marxism, psychoanalysis, and whatever. Heidegger. Authenticity. I don't really know what his <laughs> thing was, but he did a thing called dusting, and I just, I just love that. Because when we were in um, Dublin, and we had that... We uh, had an amazing conversation about Heidegger, authenticity, in a kebab shop, in Abracababra. At 3 a.m., <laughs> But I mean, it was. I really enjoyed the conversation, and yeah, me like, too. I found it remarkable that I could remember all of those like Heideggerian phrases, like facticity and all the rest of it, at three a.m. Yeah, like after quite a lot of drinks. And anyway, no, it was really amazing. The only thing I regret is that I ate two falafels rather than one at three o'clock <laughs> in the morning, because that was what was my hangover, my knock-on. Hangover but that you I know, actually, what I love about that conversation that we had that night, but in relation to the song we just listened to, is I love those kind of conversations that are totally under the influence. Yeah. And you can't remember them in a way the next day. Like, you create a certain time or a certain consciousness that you both share, and then it just disperses because you just, like, I can't remember the actual conversation. I can remember I that can it remember felt. Like, we'd solved quite a lot yeah. of the world's problems. Yeah. Not yeah, just yeah. the world's problems, but our own, like, you know, we'd, we'd resolved so many ways about how we could live our lives. Yeah, it was amazing. And, and how our belief systems, you know, and, and what we needed to do, and, like, everything would be okay from then on. But that, in a way, is, like, a positive way that other people's need to share or communicate can influence you because if we didn't take the words of like i know we're talking about heidegger we're also talking about marcuse like if we if those people like weren't there to help us articulate what we felt then we wouldn't have been able to have that conversation and so that makes me feel that other people's influence can be beneficial and also being influenced can be beneficial can i ask you a question though yeah because i know we were in abracababra in dublin (laughs) yeah and actually, done so much product placement in this God. issue. I know, it's really <laughs> not that good for vegans, I don't <laughs> recommend. Um, but we were in Abracababra, and actually we went to Dublin, My most, and then we were hanging out with all these nice people. Big shout out to Carol, Carolyn Jones, who's yeah, a big really, shout out really, to everyone really that was there. lovely fun. person. But in the end, we just went off with each other and had a chat that we could have had in the flat, yeah. which was a bit naughty. Um, but... What was there anything in the fact that we're in that public place that consciously? Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes uh, it makes me cringe by thinking me too, how pretentious we would have been if anyone was listening. But there's or something being driving about how pretentious you sound. For me, there's something driving, perverse as it is, and pretentious as it is to say that. But to be sat in a kebab shop full of load of people just dressed in like leopard print miniskirts, stuff like that. And really fucked off their face. But to be having that conversation amidst that 
in that situation. It makes me feel sick and Yeah, but perversely it drives me on because it goes back to what we were saying about the need to oppose whatever status quo situation yeah. you're in. And I think I think that's why the word facticity popped into my head, even though I read about it like five years ago. It was just this moment of clarity that I think that was being driven by the fact that I was surrounded by all of these people who were completely under the influence of alcohol yeah. and in a completely different sort of state of mind, that all of that around me just forced me into this clarity about yeah. what I was thinking and how I could um, articulate it. I think it's because you're faced with the other option of humanity <laughs> and, and it makes you realise that you don't, you don't want, even though actually realistically we were just two drunks sat in a kebab shop <laughs> having a useless bad. conversation in exactly the same way as other people were because we can't remember it properly the next day. <laughs> Like, what's the difference between talking about that and talking about Britain's Got Talent or something? There isn't really. No, um, no difference at all. But it's just, what, but for me, you know, it was an enjoyable, pleasurable feeling. But I also realised that I don't need to force that pleasure onto other people, even if other people make me generate that pleasurable emotion in the first place, perversely. <laughs> So we, 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 we are kind of running out of time a bit because I've picked a very long song and I also have quite a long-winded introduction to why I've picked such an inappropriate go. song. But I just wonder before we move into the song whether we've reached any kind of conclusion. Because I know, I mean, one thing, that one word I keep coming back to, and maybe I did mention it earlier, is one of the themes of our previous shows, which is compromises. Because if mm -hmm. you're talking about a dialectic and you're talking about proposing like an alternative way of existing because you're faced with something that is so starkly different that if you both continue to push forward your belief system that at some point this is what we were talking mm. about when we had our flat dis di discussion that at some point you'd reach a synthesis, which is sort of, yeah. in my eyes, like a compromise, or where the best bit, or the most useful, or the most productive, because you've got to think as well about the consequences of the belief systems, because it's only mm -hmm. worth having these belief systems if they make you happy, or if they affect you in other positive ways, or affect the people around you in other positive ways. But I've been thinking recently that actually knowledge and just like compromise stuff like that comes from yeah the synthesis of different people's information and they collate it. But actually, because we know that information, people collect new bits of information all the time, and also people can never make a full decision because they can never know all information, we also have to understand that all of those decisions, all of those compromises are temporary, continuously temporary, yeah. and they change all the time because everyone's sets of information changes. So that symbiotic relationship is always in flux. Like, it's never... A compromise that will resolve forever. Exactly. Sometimes I think it's about having a compromise that you don't vocalise. Mm. Yeah. And that you allow... Um, Momentary compromises, yeah. maybe. But also, it's like what I said this morning, you have to continually work at something. Like yeah. It's not like you can just solve it and the problem will go away. But you have to... Like I find with my work, I have to continue... This is one of my little maxims. I have to continually remind myself what I care about. Like mm. I have to continually reinforce my belief systems because otherwise they just disappear, you forget about them. And it's like we've got to continually work at our relationship because yeah. we might think that it's going well, but then actually if we don't spend any time together for two weeks, then we start hating each other and thinking, who is Das Ding? Who's living <laughs> in my flat? <laughs> what is Das Ding doing? <laughs> well, uh, 
Anyway, Bad we've learned a lot today. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. That's the re- that's the real problem. Yeah. It's like actually realizing that the other people around you are subjects. Humans. With Free feelings. humans. Listening. Empathizing. And there's one other important thing. I would say it's some kind of acceptance. Or, yeah. you know, Quentin Crisp on rape said that if the rape is inevitable, the best reaction is to lie there and find a way to enjoy it. Oliver, <laughs> you really, f- you can't. Okay, I hope he's talking about Controversial. a man. I hope he's talking about a man. It's not from my opinion. I hope he's not talking about a man opinion. raping a man. I hope that this has nothing to do with the women at all. But it's just an extreme way of uh, articulating ending the show an emotion. on a high. Let's not say an, okay. <laughs> no, we are going to end the show. It's your song. Come on. It is my song. And it's completely inappropriate to the discussion that we've been having. But um, As was my last comment. Apologies. Yeah, it was disgusting. Oh. Anyway, um, <laughs> apologies to all females in the universe. Well, well, apologies to all men then as well. How yeah. ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. Apologies to it, all rapists. As long rapies. as it's only men raping but men. it's just a sentence, right? It. It's just a sentence out okay. there. It's just a piece of information. Let's forget about it. <laughs> my song. Now I don't want to play my song because it seems really disgusting. <laughs> Oh, I've really, you've really put a downer on this song, I've influenced Oliver. people's interpretation. Anyway, I'm having a, a very women-centric year, <laughs> what with being artist in residence at the Women's Library, but also doing roller derby, which is an all-women full contact sport. Anyway, I passed my test on the 1st of May. I can't hey. remember if I mentioned that on a previous show, probably, because I do go on <laughs> about it a lot. And I now um, go into lead training... And I'm allowed to choose my roller derby name. Oh, my Lord. The Passage by Fire? I know. So exciting. So I have an idea of what I'd like to call myself. I can't remember if I mentioned it to you, but the, a lot of the roller derby girls, they have their, on Facebook, their Facebook profiles, they have their real name, and then they have their roller derby name in the middle with mm-hmm. uh, quote marks. Anyway, I was thinking about how that would look if it said Ellie Control Freak Harrison. Have I mentioned yeah, this to you before? I okay, know, yeah. I do listen. And then I just didn't know whether confronting this negative aspect of my personality in such a public way might be a positive thing for me. I don't know. Hmm. But I also like, in roller derby, your name will get shortened because your teammates will call you that. And I quite like the idea of being Ellie Control. Or Ellie Freak. Well, <laughs> I was thinking more of Ellie Control because that links to my so you song. you get to choose. Okay, yeah, Ellie Control, that And we're meant great. to be linking to my song because I keep <laughs> saying to the Roller Derby girls, oh, you know that song, Pussy Control? And they're like, I said, it's a Prince song. They're like, no, I've never heard oh of it. Oh, my God, there's a lot You're of illusions freak. going on in this, <laughs> this last <laughs> segment made it of the up. show. Anyway. A lot of mentioning without mentioning. This is Pussy Control. It does exist. It's by Prince. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Nobody noticed Buddy song, but it was good. Nuestra presentación especial comenzará en breve. Pero antes, un mensaje de nuestros auspiciadores. Uh. Yeah. 
and motherfucking girls. This is your captain with no name speaking, and I'm here to rock your world with a tale that will soon be classic about a woman you already know. No prostitute, she, but the mayor of your brain, pussy control. You ready? A schoolyard, a little girl skipping rope with her friends. A tisket, a tasket, no lunch in her basket, just school books for the fight she would be in. One day over this hoodie, she got beat for some clothes in her rep. With her chin up, she stole it, all y'all's loaded. When I'm rich on your neck, I will step. Best step she did to the straight A's, then college, the master degree. She hired the heifers that jumped her and made every one of them work for free. No, why so? What if my sisters are trifling? They just don't know. She said, Mama didn't tell him what she told me. Girl, you need pussy control. Are you ready? Before she got dick in her drawers If brother didn't have good and plenty of his own in love Pussy never did fall And this fool named Trick wanna stick her <laughs> Talking more shit than a bit About how you gonna make pussy a style If she come a single lick on his head Pussy said nigga you crazy if you don't know Every woman in the world ain't a freak You can go platinum four times Still couldn't make what I make in a week So push up on somebody wanna hear that Cause there's somebody here wanna know control
Friday. It's Friday.